Hello, Scotty. Good morning, Mr. Fox. How are you? You know where I am? You are in North I'm coming to you li- Carolina. Coming to you live from Greater Metropolitan Hillsborough, North Carolina. Excellent. So you are um, becoming, moving over a little bit of East Coast sophistication. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Forget all this hippie West Coast stuff. Move to the sophisticated side. Absolutely. So you traveled. Well, you traveled safely um, then. You uh, were you, uh, you, you. I'm assuming you flew rather than walked. So um, yeah, it's uh, I, is air travel I, back I to normal fly, roughly yes. in the US now? It is to the extent it's back to being an unpleasant experience <laughs> with overcrowding <laughs> and bad food. <laughs> well, there we are. Then. Something for everybody to look forward to. Exactly. Now, you know, it, I, I, for, for the fractional listeners who may not know, I, I was born in North Carolina and spent my adolescence here um, before um, heading up to New York and then out left to, to California. So, But uh, I do come back here fairly often. And uh, oddly enough, my, my colleague, British Ben, has moved um, from, from Mountain View to, to Durham, North Carolina. Durham, Durham, it's pronounced with, there's just one syllable. But it's kind of funny because he he grew up not far from Durham, England, um, and it's always interesting to see uh, you know uh, California reactions to to North Carolina or basically you know anybody who's not here and not used to the humidity in the summer. But this has been one of those weird times when uh, you know the the weather has been unnaturally nice or unusually pleasant, or unusually kind on the humidity front because sometimes you can get here it's like this place is uninhabitable. It's been but actually lovely, and I keep waiting for him to realize that that he bought the demo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So, are you there for long? No, I'm, I'm leaving soon. Um, I just came to visit my mom, and so I've seen my siblings, some of whom I've not seen in two years. It, it's a weird feeling. I know this has nothing to do with, with software engineering, but as we emerge from our shells, it's, it, you have to get used to, to seeing people in person again and even navigating the vestiges of mask or no mask policies because they've lifted mask mandates, you know, in the state and generally in the country. But, you know, individual businesses can, can ask and and pretty much insist that you, and so there are some grocery stores uh, around here where the workers are masked and they ask the patrons to be masked, which... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not an epidemiologist, so I don't know. But it seems to me that, like, if you're, if I mean, and, and everything is clear in general that you know, if you're, if you are fully vaccinated, then you don't need to wear a mask. And so, generally speaking, if you see people with masks, it typically means they haven't been vaccinated yet, but uh, with some exceptions. We're still fully masked here, even if you are vaccinated in all stores. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot of stores oh, won't wow. let you in without masks yet. And uh, in things like bars and restaurants, when you're sat at your table, you can have your mask off. But when moving around the restaurant, if you'd like to go to the restrooms or something, you have to wear your mask. Still fairly, fairly locked down. And our cases are rising again, but our hospitalizations are not. Oh, really? But they're not. The hospitalizations is not not going up that fast. In fact, my son tested positive two days ago. Um, Oh, really? But I mean, his whole house. He lives in a house with people and the whole house is tested positive. But they're like, they're 20 year olds. They don't even know they're ill. Um, so it's like mm-hmm. uh, it, it's fine, but he works in the hospitality business, so you know who knows where he caught it from. Right. right. But I think the point is now there's still a lot of it, but um, people aren't dying, or let's put it this way, right. far less people are dying, which is the important thing. Right. Right. Anyway, we should probably talk tech. So we so um, in in your week of travel and um, going to see mom and and uh, your siblings and whatever else, have you been have you been working on stuff as well, or is this are you pure in pure vacation mode now? No, I wish it was vacation. No, I'm 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 more or less working full time. I just have to time slice like crazy. It's interesting because um, 
you know, if, if when I was in Europe and we talked about it last time, there were many, 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 many hours where I could just work unencumbered. Um, and, and, but then the flip side is if there could be meetings that would keep me up until 12, you know, midnight, sometimes 1 a.m. the next morning if they, they ran late. Now it's less of a difficulty because it's only three hours difference, but even then doesn't really, you have to get used to it. The new normal is definitely, I think, going to be, you know, required overlapping windows um, because you can't really, you know, ask somebody to, to do Pacific Coast hours or East Coast hours if you're on the West Coast, although, you know, some industries have done that and there have been people who've moved out West and if they work on Wall Street, that means their ass is up at, at 5 a.m. and that's it, but, you know, they get to you know, leave work in the afternoon, still, you know, still have the rest of their daylight, you know. And uh, I think that as companies are, are especially ones that are uh, have a large footprint or a global footprint, they're going to have to adjust to, to expectations because I think there's going to be a lot more remote workflow force these days. And, you know, for everything that's bad about it, about the difficulty of, of organizing meetings and so on and so forth, oh, I think the good still outweighs it and that you are reminded that there's nothing like having three, four hours of uninterrupted time or even two hours of uninterrupted time. So. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a bit, it, it depends. I mean, I, I obviously work most of the time. Most of my clients are uh, West Coast US and I'm obviously uh, on Greenwich Mean Time most of the time, or British summertime. Uh, so you just get, it, it depends what you're used to. I mean, for me, it's fine. I, I work until 7, 8 in most evenings to get in a, a number of crossover hours. But I don't have young children. If I had young children, that would be a nightmare. Um, so it, it, it's, right. it's very bad being in context as well. And, and equally, I start work a little later. Um, and you know, the thought for me of starting work at 5 a.m. is horrendous. I mean, I know you get the afternoon free, but doing anything at 5 a.m. is not my idea of fun. So, <laughs> yeah. no work product produced at five uh, five a.m. Yeah. should be accepted. Coming home from a night out at five a.m. that might be fun, but getting up to do something yeah. else, maybe not. <laughs> Time to crank up Xcode. <laughs> it's still a oh, I've I've written some of my best code in uh, in, in those hours after coming home, but um, fortunately for everybody else, I delete it later. <laughs> it's it's ma- I'll bust this guy. Massively inspiring and uh, revolutionary in its style, shall we say? So, anything exciting to report on the um, yeah, in this working full time, fitting your time, slicing in as you travel around uh, the United States of America? No, I mean not less code wise because this has been a, a week of, of heavy meetings and presentations and qualitative research, which I've been attending. So, I, I, I you know, some things I can, yeah. You know, I can talk a little bit about the presentations because we do have this, you know, Accessibility and, and Inclusion Institute, um, which talks about, you know, all aspects of, of, of product and content. Um, so there was a, I was on a panel discussion yesterday talking, uh, you know, again, teaching people about what it's like to, to, to use these adaptive technologies. This time it was kind of interesting. It was to, there was a breakout session where we led people through accessing websites using just keyboard. And I don't know whether you've ever done that, but um, there are a small number of keyboard commands which allow you to navigate without having to use a a trackpad or mouse. And it it really reveals a lot about how a website is designed, if if there's a good hierarchy and if they're they're properly, if the markup is done correctly because it allows you to, to navigate with it. 
And you're saying, well, what does this have to do with with you know mobile or you know platform support? But it 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 does it, it does in two ways. One is is just the general exercise of of trying something out in a, in trying to navigate new software, you know, using using techniques that you normally don't, and you think. I can I I can move my fingers around so if I can hit the keyboard why wouldn't I use the trackpad or mouse and that was the initial reaction after they was like wow this is not really easy and then and then why am I doing it and then I explained gently is like well because there are alternative input devices that aren't a keyboard and that kind of blew some people's minds and that people who don't who have motor control issues for any number of, of reasons or you know they can't move their arm but maybe they can move fingers they may have been injured they may have you know uh, 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 some type of of, of of difficulty where they think they, they cannot move it's some type of paralysis some type of, of, of motor control where they can't keep it steady for example a whole kind of range of, of, of motion issues that might make them unable to interact with a computer at all were it not for the fact that you can have some control systems or you can imagine things where you could do head tilting, tilt in one direction to use this this command in another. And it makes all the difference in the world. And so allowing somebody to, to use just the space bar, for example, which will quick scroll up and down or using the tab key to go from item to item to item, you can navigate most websites um, and and it uses the same techniques and layout that that are done with voiceover, you know, for, for voiceover if it if it's in an app. Because remember, apps can have keyboard control and use the tab key to to navigate through items. And that's one of the things that that starts to become clear is that a lot of people think, well, if I if I do excessively work on on Mac OS or iOS, it's you know the principal thing is voiceover, which is common, and people get used to the idea with labels and frames and so on and so forth. Um, but one of the things you also learn is the order in which elements are displayed um, or, you know, made available for navigation. And that makes all the difference in the world. And so, you know, you can think, wow, I've done a great job because I can use the scroll bar to scroll, scroll, scroll to get down to the bottom of something. But then if you hit the tab key and you haven't kind of moved the cursor as you've scrolled, you're, you're, you bounce back to, 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 to the, the beginning and become really frustrating. And then you realize, wow, that, that could make it terrible. Um, and then, so the, the whole exercise of, of, of leading some people to, to go through this thing, it, it, we, we didn't talk about code. It was, it was a mixed audience about, you know, their designers, you know, generalized people, people who had an interest in it, but, um, and it was, it was very eye opening to watch. So that was, that's my fun thing to report for this week. Excellent. I've had a, uh, sort of a strange week as, as I said last week, this is, yeah, I've taken uh, about a month off from client work to concentrate on, on Moneywell, uh, sort of a negotiated a, a break in the project. And, um, yeah, it's, I, it's, I found the first few days of this week quite difficult, just changing the way I, I look at the application and work on it. I'm so used to sort of diving in for a couple of hours here and trying something to fix that actually just sitting down and knowing that I've got sort of like a month now to really focus on this and, and get some, get some shit done, as they say, is, uh, um, I, I did spend the first two or three days, to be honest, sort of a little bit lost in, in knowing how to approach things and do things because it just, yeah, it wasn't wasn't what I was used to. Um, but uh, I think, you know, we're now recording on Thursday. I think, you know, today has been a lot better. Yesterday was better actually as well than, than the day before. And it just made me realize that you get used to a certain way of working. And, and when that, that changes, it, it, it can, can take some time. It can take some time. But uh, anyway, getting going now, working on a, 
a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, frustrating afternoon yesterday that I was, um, you know, I've been using Xcode 13 um, basically since it came out it, on the first day of DubDub. And to be honest, I'd forgotten I was using Xcode 13 because it's, in fairness, it's um, been incredibly stable. Um, it's, you know, oh, nothing, wow. you know, it, it's, it's no more crashy than Xcode 12 was, shall we say. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Uh, and again, in fairness, I'm not really using any new. I'm not knowingly going out to find new bits of Xcode 13. I'm I'm using Xcode 13 like I was using Xcode 12, um, and uh, I've just been getting on with it. Uh, and it's all been great. And, and so, I've, in some ways, I've just totally forgotten uh, some of the things I'm doing and just been used to it. Uh, which is why then yesterday, when I was trying to debug um, uh, sort of a problem I was having with some CloudKit syncing. And uh, uh, stuff stuff not working. It, I, I was about two hours, fortunately only two hours, not two days or so, into like this this debugging time. Say, well, this was working. Why isn't it working now? What have I changed that is broken? This why why is this you know somewhere deep down in in the sync code? Uh, it's not matching up certain CloudKit files and and doing everything. And it only then suddenly realized, wait a minute, I'm running in Xcode 13. That means by default the simulator is running in iOS 15. Um, and I've not run this under iOS 15 before, and it turns out it was. There's a CloudKit bug in iOS 15 beta 1. Um, if I went back to iOS 14.4 in the simulator, everything was fine, and it all started working again. And so um, it was that uh, lack of awareness of my working environment <laughs> wasted me uh, two hours of my afternoon. And and I think, I don't know about you, but when you come across a problem of something that did work in the previous release of iOS and it doesn't work in this one and you're only on beta one, it's not, it's, it's, you don't even try and fix it. You just wait. You just leave it. Um, yeah, totally. you, just, you just, you just wait to move. I went to the forums, the Apple forums, and it had been reported on there a couple of times, this same, this same problem. So I'm assuming there's some uh, radars or feedbacks in on it because it's, it's been down in there in the forums. Um, and, just just going to leave it so there we are sometimes you need to be a little bit more aware of <laughs> of where you're working and and how you're working but other than that and i guess that's um now i'm not sure if this is an ios 15 problem or an ios 15 simulator problem because i haven't actually got ios 15 uh running on a device anyway yet um uh to try it out so um yeah that was uh in, in my first day of really beginning to get going again i spent most of it wasting my time because i wasn't aware of where i was working <laughs> So it's going, it's going it's well so far. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, I, I brought some devices with me and I was trying to look into an issue with iPad and I had explicitly put iOS 15 on that iPad and I, I have Xcode 13 and I've avoided using it because I was just worrying about build problems or things like that. But then I, I you know, realized that I can't build to that device using Xcode, whatever, 12. And I'll go and have a look at those things. But, um, yeah, it's always the difficult the little transition period. The other thing that, that caught my eye this morning is looking at some, uh, there was a bunch of code by a, a colleague of mine checked in, and it's, it's all brand new Swift code. And interestingly enough, it all it has prefixes in the class name. I'm like, well, you don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> and if you really need to make it interoperate with Objective-C, you can have a, you know an Objective-C name, which has a, 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 a prefix. Right, yeah. So yep. it, it, it's kind of interesting because it just makes these 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 
you know, this is still old news, but I, I, I still, you know, I still find it weird to go back and forth. And, and the number of times I'm like, you know, have to have a linter telling me, no, you can't put a semicolon. It's like, why did I put a semicolon? Oh, that's right. Cause I had to write three lines for something else. But it does raise a question, you know, about extension things about, and this is maybe relevant to Moneywell because I'm sure there's, there's probably not a whole lot of Swift in Moneywell yet. Um, and there are, are, you know, when when you go to to do things, do you do you use the fact that you need to make any change as the the triggering you know event to to rewrite an entire class in Swift, or do you sometimes extend Objective C code and and interoperate with it? It depends. It depends on what it is. So let, let's take for example the application delegates in in both the Mac and the um. Uh, 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 iOS app. You know, the application delegate is a class that it's it's very easy to. I mean, it gets used in a lot of places, but it's very easy to know where it's being instantiated and whatever else. So, um, you know, I, I simply there uh, because I wanted to write a bunch of new code. Um, I basically, you know, I had app, app delegate in in the app already in Objective C with thousands of lines of code in. Uh, but I didn't really want to be writing new code that interacted with a whole bunch of new libraries I'd written in Objective C and make sure I did. And I didn't necessarily want to make sure those libraries were all Objective C compatible was more to the point. Um, so I simply created, you know, an app delegate Swift and made it a uh, a child of app delegate and then made sure the app created the app delegate Swift and then just override the ones I want and then just call through to super where I need to. But any new code with new overridden methods is in is in Swift. So that's one way of approaching it. Uh, if it's a small class, yeah, um, I might totally rewrite it. Um, and if it's just a big and complex thing, then I'll probably write Objective-C code. Um, I don't mm. mind. I sort of don't mind changing Objective-C functions um, in, in procedures. Uh, I try to avoid adding new functions and procedures to, or co- specifically complex logic in Objective-C, not because Objective-C wouldn't do it, of course, but because, you know, it's more about just, you know, I want to be writing new code going forward, you know, especially if it's complex code that might need a lot of um, debugging and, uh, you know, maintenance and time going forward. But if it's like a, a little bit of a change, or do an Objective-C. So it's very mixed. Um, and most of the time it's fine. I still, you know, I, I cannot believe how efficient i must have used to have been in objective c because i'm definitely not very efficient <laughs> anymore um particularly when it comes to completion handlers and block syntax i'm just uh, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter how many times i uh, just as you rang i was just having to add um you know a new uh, overridden method to an app delegate to deal with background notifications and uh, it takes a completion handler and then i thought well i need to call into something i'm doing but that's currently not asynchronous, so I better add a completion handler to that. And it was like, oh wait a minute, how do I do this in Objective C? And it's like, yes, it's um, so that's mental block. I mean, and and the fact that you know, I have seen more you know, more understandable black magic than the uh, Objective C um, block syntax. But um, yeah, it, it is a mix. Um, yeah, don't forget we're on the approach that this version of Moneywell is not going to have a massively long life and by that i mean it probably will be in years but not you know the the goal is to replace it so we're basically writing a version that we can maintain for a couple of years while replacing it um simply because the replacement we were writing was taking too long um and was still going to be 
a long time left. So this is a, a keepers going so we can go back to that replacement. So equally, we're not trying to write, you know, we're not trying to create too much clever architecture or, you know, uh, things that will last forever in the future. But at the same time, when you say something's going to last a year or two, you know that probably means four. <laughs> so you don't want to create a mess that you're then living with for three or four years and just swearing at yourself for. So it it is a balancing act. Um, is again that balance between how much do you re-architect? We actually, you know, the most important thing right now is shipping. Um, you know, this year and you know everything that slows that down is a is a bit of a problem. But equally, you don't want to knowingly give yourself problems in the future. So yeah, finding that balance is is difficult and particularly the way i've been working which is you know trying to fit a couple of hours a day in here and there um that, that's even more so so it's gonna be interesting to see if I, my attitude changes over the next few weeks to how i'm handling that um as you know as i've now got more time and it is my only focus for the next you know three or four weeks you, you may remember that when safari was first released i remember uh, apple telling us about it at dub dub and they said that the number one feature was speed and that they would do things where they would they would run a test to launch it, and if it went over a one-second launch time, they would reject the commit. And I think that for MoneyWell, the most important feature is shipping. And I think yes. <laughs> if it goes, it goes over an end-of-year ship time, then we will not take it, even if it doesn't, you know, it's featureless. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, the trouble is it's adding syncing and it is really adding syncing is not fixing syncing because the fix the, the syncing was so outdated and broken it is really adding it again to a complicated app with so many permutations and combinations i mean i mean the big question right now is is, is adding adding an existing coordinator uh, store to to sync is fine um you know making a pickup on an ios app is fine um, we coordinate that through um ns ubiquitous key value store back on icloud to yeah, that's how the applications are keeping track of what's available to sync, and then the syncing is through core data and ensembles itself, um, and all that's fine. The, the the questions are far more that cause problems and, and make you scratch your head for a long time. Is you know, what do you do? Let's say you're in the Mac app and you want to take a budget that someone's working on out of syncing. Now, what does that mean? Um, if so, if the person, so the the iOS app is a a companion app, so it doesn't really work without the mac app so there's no point in having your maintaining your um data just on the ios device if you're not using it on the mac anymore so if there is a single mac involved and the ios device if you take it out of syncing on the mac you of course want to remove from sync altogether but if there are multiple macs involved you may just be taking out of one so when do you take the whole sync store away and if you take it out you and then start working on it locally and then try and put it back in do you allow them to try and merge that back into the one? Or do you say once you've taken something out of syncing, it can never be connected again to something that was syncing again? And it's this taking the out of syncing and trying to bring it back in is causing the whole, the whole sort of, not not big code problems, the whole how the bloody hell do you do this in the first place problems? Um, you know, you know what, should, what is the right thing to do? Um, and you know the reality is most people will add it to sync and never take it out. So you're spending an awful lot of time on what is a, you know, uh, not an edge case, but it's really not a mainstream workflow. But it, it's important that it's there. And um, even though we're, you know, many, many years into syncing, 10 years into trying to sync between devices on you know, in, in the mobile world now, I don't think these are, yeah, there is a right and wrong answers to these things yet, or even clear understanding of what should and shouldn't happen. Um, you know, for example, uh, we've been work, worked on a client app where if you, 
if you disconnect the app from sync it will disconnect it from sync on all the devices that you have connected to that account it's something with a back-end account and um and therefore everything just disappears off all your devices personally i think that's a little bit confusing i guess if it's very clear it's going to happen <laughs> um you know so but that's a very simple way of approaching it and it's very clean and if you add it back to sync you can go back in all devices again because nothing's anymore connected but um yeah trying to be flexible flexibility costs time money and effort that sounds like the the, the back of a t-shirt yeah that if you're flexible enough you can turn around and read exactly and if you're old like me you can never get around to see what it says so it's pointless that it's there and that just about sums up the whole thing of disconnecting from syncing and reconnecting from syncing um so yeah and it's it's a case of there's also the whole issue of you could say well that's not a mainstream case so don't put it for the first beta release but you know you want the complicated code in beta for as long as possible and i think you know, getting a beta out with all the simple stuff in is fine and it does begin to get your feedback. But if you're know, in the late beta part of it, you start adding lots of really complicated code and things that could potentially mess it up later in it, I, I'm i more for let's get this in there early and, and see what happens because we've got more chances of fixing it. So, but equally that slows down when you can go to a beta and you want the general, you want the more everyday stuff being tested. So, yeah, as you can see, procrastination is probably the title of my week. I, no, I think that the title for this, Sam, do take note, sinking feeling. Oh, there we are. <laughs> there, I'm sure that's never no. been used before. <laughs> never. Well, Scotty, speaking of, of feeling, can I have one last uh, uh, shout out for a friend of the show? Feelings. Yes, of course you can. We must all all send our best thoughts to friend of the show and, and all-around fantastic human being, Alex Repti, who, uh, during his vacation to Italy, as you might have noticed, his caravan uh, broke an axle. And he, I, I saw it on, on, on Twitter, um, and uh, I, I guess he's still wondering whether he'll be able to get it repaired there. But the good news, and then he snarkily says, well, <laughs> I may have to sell pizzas in order to raise money to get the repair. <laughs> I was going to say, does this, does this mean he's now, he's now selling pizzas somewhere on the side of the road in Italy? Well, that, I know, that, that, that's, that's the thing. It's like, this is, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't help but feel some type of, I don't know, should it be pride or responsibility for having put that thought out into the universe? And now it's, it may be coming true. And I think there's nothing better than saying, hi, I'm from Germany. I'm here in Italy to make pizzas. I'm here to, I'm here to make you guys really understand what pizza should be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just outside Naples. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so now for our partial listeners who weren't on the road to the night the day we talked about Alex Repti giving up uh, working for Sketch and selling pizza from a van, we'll have no idea what we were just talking about. I know, but now they do. Now they do. <laughs> well, we can put it in the show notes or something. Yes. But anyway, so if you want, uh, if you want some great, but you know whereabouts in Italy is, you, you, you're you're I, heading I, for Italy soon. Maybe you can stop and get some on the way and give it a give it a um, a restaurateur's review of the caravan pizza. Yeah, we can really, it's like people re- review code and then pull, re- pull request, pull over by the side of the road pizza making request or something. Yeah. Well, Alex, wherever you are, we hope you get home and uh, may your pizza stone ever remain hot. There we go. Well, Scotty, I think that, you know, since this has been a, a, a less acrimonious than usual, I would say acrimonious, but less abusive towards you, uh, uh, 
podcast episode than normal. Where may people go on the internet to try and, and keep the love and the, the good feeling going? Well, I think yeah, I've not received much love or hate actually recently on um, on Twitter where I am Mac Devnet. In fact, even Georg has been very quiet. I reckon he's having problems. I reckon he's worried he's not going to ship before me and he's having to really work. Oh, that's exactly He's, right. he's having to work really, really hard because he's actually, he's actually realized <laughs> after all his flamboyance that shipping is hard. There we are, Gail. Yeah, there right. we are. He's down there. He's in the weeds of his code, and you know his Hello World app just is not ready yet. <laughs> if that doesn't get a response, nothing will. And John, will, John, yeah. if uh, if Gail wants to contact you and, and tell you what a what a complete and utter twat I am, where where should he do that? <laughs> well, if you want to tell people they're an utter twat, then the only place to go is to twatter. <laughs> <laughs> or Twitter, well, you'll find me as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. Uh, well, John, it's been a pleasure as always to... Uh, uh, I mean, I'm glad you've been broadcasting from somewhere else. To be honest, with the, the sound that's in my ears and the echo and the ambience, I'm I'm glad you chose to uh, record this week from the stall of the men's room at Wendy's. Uh, but um, it's... Because uh, <laughs> that's the type of uh, tone we need for this podcast right now. Hey, can we get in here? Hey, hang on a second. I'm still recording. Come on, man. I got to go. Dude, I'll be out in a second. Dude. Uh, and I look forward to finding out from uh, which public convenience you'll be uh, recording next week. <laughs> All right. So uh, thanks, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And until next time, you take care. You take care. Yes, you definitely take care. <laughs> <laughs>